In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We're all the way up to album 22, and this is an all-timer. 1994's debut album by The Notorious B.I.G. Get ready for Ready to Die. Uh, just to let you guys know, I uh, I got in the mail. I got a gift from Rosie. It's a it's a radio, and he said he got it from the uh, United States Capitol building. I don't quite know how he did that. Oh no! But that's great <laughs> that he sent it to me, and I appreciate it. So like let's turn on the radio, mail? and let's turn it to our favorite station and see what's playing. Oh, nope. that was okay, Russ. You might be right. I might have too many buttons. Okay, that was my bad. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to K Rock. Today we're going down to Russ's mom's basement. We're picking an album out. We've got an artist here who released a song after he passed away. This song is called Ready to Fly. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, Rob. Oh, no, this is the Digging big papa speaking. Can I what? Oh, no. Will I what? Baby, you know I'm on a flight. Yeah, I love it when you call me Big Bopper. I have no fear of flying in the air. I love it when you call me Big Bopper. This pilot is an ace. He loves Chantilly Lace. I love it when you call me Big Bopper. I love flying around the country with my main man buddy, Holly. The only thing I want to say now is I want to say, Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby, am I safe on this flight? When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time It's like the shortest one, but the best but one yet Do you look it up online If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track uh, I think it's too soon, probably I've got the perfect podcast I want to say, oh baby, oh baby Beck did it better <laughs> That is phenomenal What Ooh. is up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, Beck did it better We're going through the top I already explained it Well, I'm not going to explain it again We've got, I've got uh, Nobody cares I've got, Nobody cares Yeah, everybody's like They're just talking about their day anyways Who cares what the podcast is actually about I've got three guys here that they want to be having my baby uh, We've got Russell in Minnesota <laughs> Russell, how are you doing? Beyond Rob's baby I want it all from Rolexes to Lexuses Getting paid is all I expected Seriously, Rob, when are we getting paid for this podcast? <laughs> oh, yeah, about that. I'll, I'll talk to you guys about that later. Uh, Matt in Minneapolis, how are you doing? Excellent, Rob. Thanks for having me. And Aaron out in California, how are you doing, Aaron? Uh, yeah, I'm great. The Republic's going up in flames. Fuck it. Let's make a podcast. <laughs> let's go right to the voicemail. Here we go. Uh, hey, guys, it's Krista calling again. I know you've missed me. Um, Kristen. I just finished the holiday episode. I would have to agree that it kind of sucked my jingle balls. Okay, so wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, no, wait I got to pause minute. here for a second. There's, that doesn't seem okay. anatomically I don't think we ever ask anybody, like, does this episode suck jingle balls? I didn't actually listen to the episode, but I don't think we asked <laughs> them, like, to judge the episode. I don't know. Right? No. So I think she's well, coming the in list. right away. It was the list, right? But I got to say, when a girl is telling me that it kind of sucks her jingle balls, I'm kind of into it. I think I found my new fetish. <laughs> She's Let's wondering see, I'm if you write letters because she missed me. I'm going to have to get rid of a fetish, though, on my fetish list. I have too many fetishes. Which one should I get rid of? Matt, Matt's pretty good at You put, put that in the Matt's spreadsheet. He will, he will get that out of your life by 2022. No problem. Okay, yeah. perfect. What fetish should I get rid of? Probably the ones where sit, girls sit on birthday cake and fart. <laughs> <Classic>. <laughs> it, it, what anyway, back to Krista. <laughs> 
need to like stop and just restart what after happened? that. We, I don't even what, know. How where to does that Where does that, that one fit in the list, Rob? Is I, that like three, or is that like thirteen, or is that oh. like one hundred and two? Where is that on the list? One A. What? <laughs> You're looking at my bookmarks on my computer, way at the top. All right, here we go. Um, I think I have a suggestion for a hornier Christmas song for you for oh, next like- year. And that is um, Lady Gaga's Christmas tree. I think it's the last year this year that I was able to play it in front of my children until they are adults and can find it funny that their mom likes that song. This is part of the reason I'm playing this uh, voicemail today. Is that we will be you'll be hearing Mariah Carey's or uh, Lady Gaga's Christmas tree playing behind us, of course. And we definitely didn't yeah, wait. It sounds great. Sounds oh, it sounds great and it's dirty and I love it. Do Hold on, think, here, here's, my, here's my favorite part. Hold on, here, quiet. Here's my favorite part, guys. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, there it is. <laughs> what a nice cake. <laughs> God. <I know. laughs> God. You know, we went through this. We kind of take our listeners behind the scene. We went through this kind of thing with the, the Kendrick Lamar, where Rob literally opened about needing to to go to sleep at night with her opening song. And I was like, well, we can't share that with anyone. What was that bleep? Now we're literally talking about Rob farting on a cake, and we're supposed no. to share this episode Russell, In the first someone? three minutes of the me. episode? Russell, you don't get it. I don't watch videos of me doing that. Oh. That'd be sick. Oh my God! Can you imagine if what turned you on was pictures of yourself? That would be so vain, Russell. No way, not me. Speaking of dirty, do you think Carla's uh, kids ever find out that she <laughs> listens to Beck did it better and is sending in these messages oh. about Jingle Balls? Like that might backfire on her one I, day. I got to tell you, my kids walked in on this album pretty much every time I didn't walk them want them to walk in. They would walk in on me listening to it, and I was like, "Oh, you don't listen to this. You can't hear this stuff. It's too dirty." But I do love the idea of a dirty. Christmas song. You guys know that really tickles me. I, I can't get enough. All right. Rob, Rob would quickly take off his Vieira goggles while he's searching Biggie Smalls and throw up, throw up away and hope they didn't look at the photograph. Comma cake, comma fart. <laughs> I use quotation marks. All right. Here we oh. go. Um, also, Russell, I just have to say, oh, no. I'm hugely disappointed. You said Uh-oh. that guy from Coldplay? That guy? Do you oh. mean Chris Martin? Are you kidding me? You don't know who he is? I don't know. I don't know Chris what Marvin. you're doing on a musical podcast if you don't know who that guy is. I have memories. We should make a musical podcast. Let's do a Chris let's Martin do a Hamilton style podcast my brain episode. Forever. One of them includes uh, Matt on the podcast. Whenever I hear what? one of those Coldplay songs by that guy, I instantly think of Matt. So I think you need to brush up on your musician. We need a to hear bit. more about this. Hope you're all doing well. Yeah. Sean Martin's a great singer. A couple things on that first. Matt, I don't know how you would if anyone ever said whenever I hear the Coldplay song, I think of Matt. That is not that is not a compliment, right? That is not good. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the song, I guess. Uh, I try I my best, <laughs> but I can't agree. Oh, man. <laughs> but second of all, I think we need to call out that Colleen on this on this voicemail. Here. Oh, that's the <laughs> biggest stretch yet. <laughs> she, she she literally said like Russ, you should be you shouldn't be on you should be embarrassed to be on a music podcast like. Colleen, you're the one listening to the music podcast with me on it. So I think yeah. there's other people that need to look in the mirror right now. I'm telling you, our listeners are dumb shits. I stand by that. Statement. When is our musical episode? This is what I want. This is what we need. We need the musical episode of Beck did a better like cops, like Hamilton. This well, maybe it's right now. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys. I'm watching videos about cake farts. Oh. <laughs> huh? 
<laughs> didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't, I didn't either. I'm so sad. I, I don't know how how to feel about that criticism. She's ripping me for not knowing Chris Martin. Like, should I know that? Is is this the reason why my Bumble my Bumble affairs in the world are failing? Because I I don't know the lead singer from Coldplay. Well, do you put that into your profile? I wouldn't put that into your profile. Don't put what you don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you don't, I don't know, know Chris Martin, I don't know cake farts. Listen, you got to get out there and tell them what you do know, Russell. <laughs> well, there goes my two opening lines for the last few months that I've been using. So no wonder I haven't got a lot of responses. <laughs> Definitely because you didn't know Chris Martin. Nothing to do with the cake farts. On some of the apps, they have little things where you can click on kind of the things you're into. Like you're into sports, you're into books, you're into music or whatever. And I, I, I feel like I've made a mistake by clicking on the, the, the cake farts. The cake farts. <laughs> I don't one. like it when you say it, Russell. It's dirty <laughs> when you say it. Yeah. I don't think yeah, a little bit of like anger around. in there. Okay. Cake how about farts. instead of Chris Martin, cake farting? Is that something? Can we do that? Is that our musical? <laughs> Man, we've really screwed the pooch on this one already. I don't even oh, know. Oh, well, that's just gross. All right. So I think that was it for the voicemail. I wasn't really paying attention, but thanks for calling. Let's get in. <laughs> Always good to hear from Kirsten. Let's get into everybody's least favorite segment. Everybody loves when we talk about the music. Everybody loves even more when we rate the music. Let's start getting into everybody's least favorite segment where we just talk about what's going on. It's 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 time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for Roll It Going. Oh, yeah. Well, my my notes just say cake fart, so I've kind of already shot my wad. So, Russell, what do you have? We have to stop. (laughs) Okay, I promise. All right. Rolling going. How's it going? I don't even know what to think right now. Okay. Who part, part of me when I hear this thing that the stuff Rob's talking about, <laughs> like maybe you guys have had this experience. So this this podcast has been so fun, but every now and then again, I'm thinking this will be bad if anyone ever listens to this. This is going to come back and ruin <laughs> That's my the opposite life. of what we should be doing, by the way. That's the opposite <laughs> mindset of what we are setting out to do. And and so just like you know, Biggie said back in the day, our parents used to care for us. Now they listen to this podcast and they're scared of us. Like it's true. It's just it's yeah. just too much. But have you guys had this moment? I'm 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 having this moment where I came across the first time where I shared the podcast with outside people other than kind of close friends. Oh wow! And I realized, oh, someone actually listened to it, and he gave me some feedback. So I kind of wanted to share that experience with you. But maybe have you guys gone through that yet, where you're sharing the podcast with people and? I tell nobody about this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely nobody. Matt literally says no embarrassing things, and he doesn't tell anyone. No one that I've told about this podcast listens to it, except for my dad. Hi, Dad. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> Matt's, mom, Matt's mom says plenty embarrassing things about him, though, so it all evens out. Rob, do you I tell mean, we all know my brothers the podcast? Are the or not? Uh, no, I, absolutely I not. In fact, when out. we first started, I'll say it again. When we first started, I told a couple people at the gym, and I was like, oh, I have a podcast. And they're like, okay. And they didn't ask me the name of it or anything. And I was like, well, okay, well, that's it for that. And I still am following all these people on Twitter who like retweet people saying, give me a podcast. Re- I, okay. I dare you go on Twitter sometime and just put, give me a podcast recommendation and see how many sickos recommend their dumb podcast to you. The world of podcast advertising is a, is a depraved world full of losers like us. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, we actually have a good one. Like, and we sound okay. I listened to a podcast the other day. I had it cranked up as loud as I could in my headphones. I could barely hear what they were saying. It was just terrible. It was awful. Our sound engineer your question? is so good. <laughs> It's true. But I want to hear I want to hear how this person responded, Russell. Let's hear it. Yeah, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you guys before, but a few years ago I, I started I joined a public speaking group just to give me a 
a more polished public speaker, whether it's at professional conferences or one-on-one speaking or however it goes, it hasn't Vegas. helped me in my dating at all, but I've done better professionally. So that that's worked out. But if you want help with your dating, maybe you should uh, go to the group I went to. I was trying to get to that group and I'm, I, and I'm going to cut this out, but I, I misread it and I went to a pubic speaking group and it was like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's going on? What's going on? All right, this is where we clap to highlight we can never share this with anyone. Let's all that clap. That was on hilarious. Three. One, That's got to stay in. <laughs> oh, shucks. I'm a little late. You're going to have to leave it in. So this is just highlighting my whole point. So I go to this public speaking group and people give prepared speeches. You get off the cuff speeches. And probably three, four months back when we started this, I kind of told these people in this public speaking group, it's like 10 people. That, hey, I started this podcast with my friends. It was kind yeah, of just something to do. To <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Okay, he I'm says dead. public. He said it like three times since you said that. I can't stop laughing. <laughs> just your pubic every time he says public. <laughs> so in my public, speak, public speaking group, we, I brought this up to people. And and I figured, oh, maybe they will download just to be nice, but they'll never listen. I'll never hear anything about it again. And so then at a recent meeting, one of the members of my group, his name is John. We can bleep it out if he doesn't even want his first name being said on it. And I wouldn't <laughs> blame him. He doesn't be associated this. with this podcast. He's the one. But he actually did one a, a five to seven minute speech giving a review of our Kendrick Lamar episode. And I thought it was so cool. It was embarrassing. But I thought maybe could I share with you guys a paragraph? of his review and kind of get your thoughts on his review of our podcast. Yeah, this will go. Sure, well. I always respond great to criticism or constructive. Yeah, I'm sure feedback. I'm going to have very positive th- things to say about John. Let's go. Yeah. I'm excited to hear good things about me. <laughs> Rob, All right. Rob give loves give to me hear a second. Feedback. I'll read a couple sentences and then I'll let you guys jump in. So I skipped this kind of intro. It was very good, but he said, I made an initial mistake when listening to this podcast by listening to some episodes about my personal favorite albums. I can't warn people enough. If you start listening to this podcast, Please start with an album that you don't have a strong feeling about. To say that Russell, Matt, Rob, and the other guy both have strong and infuriating opinions about albums and songs is an understatement. Thankfully, they include a disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast about their opinions and general lack of research. If not for the disclaimer, I would have been much more angered about their takes. So essentially, John was saying, we don't know what the hell we're talking about, and it pissed him off. And he doesn't know Aaron's name. Yeah. I don't know, John. I, I I didn't notice a lot of compliments for me there. So I'm going to say, who cares what you think, John? We couldn't care less if you listen to this show. Take this podcast, put it in your delete bin, and throw your phone into the ocean. We couldn't care less. I'm going to go ahead, actually, and go behind the fourth wall and just mention that we, we may have had some preparation for this segment. And if I had more time, I would have made a new skit uh, of the uh, Biggie having relations with the lady asking her what his name is of me and John, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So John's going to remember my name by the end of this episode. The, the thing I like to think about with this whole thing is that somebody's giving a speech about the podcast and Russell, are you sitting in the room listening to this speech while it's going on and everybody's looking at you? Do they know you're the Russell that they're talking about with this podcast where people who don't know anything about music and give infuriating opinions about their favorite songs, that's the whole podcast or what? They absolutely know it's about me. It's a smaller group, and and now it's via Zoom because we can't meet anyone in person anymore. But it was clearly apparent to everyone in the public the the public speak public sorry public <laughs> speaking group that it was mm-hmm. apparent about me and my friends. Yes, yeah, so I 
immediately was embarrassed and whatnot. And one other, one other line that I figured I had to share with you guys. And he said, uh, this brings together four close friends that attempts to answer the question of the Rolling Stone 500 greatest songs in a very loose framework. When I say very loose, I mean the album where they aren't discussing it until 20 to 30 minutes into the podcast. So I feel like people are annoyed that we're advertising this as a music podcast, but we don't talk about music. What a dummy. If he thinks we ever have gotten to an album in 20 to 30 minutes, God, Russell (laughs) wishes we would get to an album in 20, 30 minutes. We are, let's see, check the timer here. We are 17 minutes into that, and we haven't even gotten to three of the four rolling goings yet. But you need to know everything about us. Like that's like people who say I only watched the NBA for the fourth quarter. You need to know the whole story of how our podcast came to get to this album. You need to know everything that's going on in our lives this week that informs our takes on this album. You need the whole story. You can't just wait to hear the music takes. You need to know everything about who we are and what we bring to the album. Well, that's like me. I, I you know, when I was trying to get to that meeting, and this is something you should know about me. I when I was trying to get to that meeting, I was actually hired as part of the cops, and they put me on the public vice section. I don't even want to tell you guys what door I opened up to accidentally go to the wrong meeting with Alan. It was bad. Public vice. So I'm going to share one more part Public of his vice. speech. So the funny thing is, after he, gave the speech, I, after he gave the speech, I asked, would you come on to our podcast and give the speech? And he was like, no, absolutely not. What? He's oh, like, I, I don't on. want any part of this. <clears throat> you know, he said, maybe if you guys ever cover an album that I like, I would come on for a little bit. But absolutely not. I'm not doing that. He finishes with part part way into the speech. He says, the side talk is truly the highlight of the podcast, which is generally interrupted by Rob's shock jock hijinks and soundboard. I do actually find Rob to be funny, but I'm just looking for Russ to pass along the message that he can be grading because it seems like someone who will be deeply bothered by this statement. So he thinks you're going to be bothered that, that we're accusing you of interrupting with your your shock jock hijinks, Rob. Well, I do appreciate that he thinks I'm grading. I always thought I was just gooding, but apparently I'm even better. Now I'm grading. I think that's great. Uh, and you know what? For all those sound drops interrupting everything. And now an apology from Beck did it better. I'd, I'd like to take this chance to apologize. Absolutely nobody. <laughs> Beck does it better podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rob's right. I appreciate your feedback in in the public speaking group. No, don't quit, please. And Aaron appreciates your feedback. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, rolling going. What's rolling going with you? Oh, I'm trying to think here. I had 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 one topic, but what 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 is the worst kind of discussion to have with like any sort of group? I've I've got a couple off the Mm -hmm. top of my head, and I know you guys can think of a few. It's not a rolling going discussion. Yeah. No, but like. People who are passionate about their music but won't like listen to anything else. Like if, if somebody says like Dolly Parton's the best country singer of all time, and you say eh, it's okay, and they come back at you like no, but she's great because of this. Wait, I'd I'm like thinking to know of who's, that. Who that person? I'm is. thinking of. I think she's um, a great humanitarian. I don't know. That, if I'd call that her seems the very specific. I would be if I was yeah, Colleen. Like to, I would probably be I'd mad like to that Eric to her about this. Aaron's I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm thinking of like NASCAR fans who want to call it a sport. Man, you know, I you tried can't argue with it if it's not a sport. I tried for a summer to watch NASCAR. I was uh, do I was on a siding crew for houses, and so every Monday, every guy on the hey, crew was Houston. talking about the race. Right? Yeah, listen up, Houston. So I tried to watch NASCAR. I gave it a real no, chance, but I, I just Houston, couldn't get into it. We got a problem. It. He couldn't get into it. We got. I mean, problem, I'm not. Houston. It's not. <laughs> I'm not disparaging it. About, it just, it wasn't about, for me. How about like wrestling fans who you know you tell ah, it's fake, it's choreographed. No man, they really get injured, man. 
and they get really pissed off well, about that's it. That's true. Like, they really get injured. That's they're athletes. They really get injured. It's choreographed. I, I agree. But like the people who just like are diehard, it's that's one group. Is there any other groups that it's like I just I can't bring it up. I, I don't. And politics aside, let's not even bring politics into it. But like, is there any other groups that you guys can think of off the top of your head that are like? I I think my all time favorite conversations to get in is when I go out to dinner with my wife and some of her friends from work, and then they talk about work the whole time. That has to be my favorite conversation <laughs> ever. And they're sitting there talking about people that I've never met, I've never heard of, and they're really having a good time. And I'm like, this is agony to me. It's terrible. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Good to be here. I'll check in about 45 minutes in when we're talking about one track that I like. Have you guys heard my podcast? Don't listen to this one episode uh, about Biggie Smalls, <laughs> but the other ones are very, very good. Aaron, what do you think? No. What, what, what group of people do you despise? Is that what you're asking, Matt? I don't despise the group. So, I disguise the conversation. <laughs> oh, okay. You I know, the conversation comes up. Rob, you really put me in the spot. When do I, I don't, I, I mean, the only humans I talk to are you guys, but um, mm-hmm. things that Packer fans are pretty bad. Watch well, I, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I lived with a Packer fan. I mean, this is a niche comment, but Packer fans are unique in that they don't watch uh, this is a generalization. Uh, they oh, tend not go. to watch any other sport except for Packer games. That's it. Like nothing else. Like no, no other, no other football games, no other sports. Wisconsin at all. basketball games, and they tweet about how bad the refs are. It's weird how the refs are constantly <laughs> oh, screwing no. over oh, no. oh, only oh, Wisconsin no. teams we, all the time. Oh, the referee is so bad. Oh, I can't believe it. Ooh, we just ooh, lost ooh. one listener per episode. I know. I'm, I I'm trying not to do it. I'm trying not to do it. We, we were at 90 per episode. We're going to be at 89 by next but I, week. I mean, aren't we all at this point in our life? Like I would go. I would go literally anywhere and talk to another human about literally anything and that would be exciting to me like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna discount anyone or anyone's opinions like we're all just in our houses talking about the same stuff like it's it's you know i i'm not gonna rule anybody out just in case someone wants to meet me in temecula and have a nice chat i would that's your second meet me in temecula within a month there this is <laughs> like know. a new you're calling people out or what's going on <laughs> You guys know the story about Meet Me in Temecula, What is that code right? for? Yeah. What's the like Meet the, Me in Temecula story? There, it's like, a, uh, hey, you want to come out and fight me, right? Yeah, it was like two two people on the internet arguing about Kobe Bryant, about whether or not he was good or not. And the, and oh, the one yeah. guy was like, oh, yeah, fine, Meet Me in Temecula. And they, they, I think they actually did. I think they, I think one guy drove to Temecula, California from I don't even know how far. To, Aaron, Aaron would jump over it. the fence of his backyard and be in that garage so fast <laughs> if anyone tried to meet him in Temecula. Yeah, it's true. That's I mean, another one. I mean, the Kobe, Kobe, MJ debate. Those things. Who's better? Or Kobe, LeBron, MJ. That's another just like pointless conversation. <laughs> Why even get into it? Why even? Oh, you need old <laughs> I can't imagine talking with that. He just he loves all these conversations. Rolling going, Aaron. How's it rolling going with you? Uh, it's real, well, it's been an up and down week, uh, not because I bought a pogo stick, but because. Oh, did you go uh, bungee jumping? I've, oh, I'm man, bad. I would love to go bungee jumping. That's a great idea. Uh, can you do that right now? Are there bungee companies in operation? Uh, I go buy a cord and hook it up to something. But yeah, the news of the world again has been um, kind of depressing. But big news in our household um, it's Friday, which is oh. uh, bag, leg, and cheese sandwich morning oh, it means they've got like a new cheese grater or something like <sighs> and that I, exactly. you know, russell's gonna call me out i gotta talk about food but we made a big switch uh about two weeks ago we switched from mm-hmm. uh veggie sausage to veggie ham which i have to say <laughs> really <laughs> really makes oh, a difference hold on what the hell is he talking about 
It's no. really, it's a thick material that. that prevents shrinkage mm -hmm. in your athletic mm -hmm. gear. It's a <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, when the Hold only it in, place, Rob, you almost made it. You almost only, made it. I'm not going the to. only place to go on a date these days, because all the restaurants in Minnesota are closed or like on an outdoor walk when it's 18 degrees out. You really have got to keep moving fast and not have shrinkage within your athletic. You gear. need a champion reverse weave. Did they make <laughs> I'm underwear? Need to get one of these sweatshirts. I was saying or not. <laughs> did I did I get my eight shrinkages in? Was I that eight? That was eight. That was enough. That was it. perfect. You did. Okay. Okay. I wonder how it's rolling going with Rob. That's what I'm curious about. Well, listen, I got some problems at this place, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Number one, our microwave broke for one day. I was in hell. I don't know how anybody does it. It was the worst experience of my life. I Literally, we have all these prey meat pre-made meals like in these plastic containers i didn't know what to do with them i was like what do i put them in the oven now i usually just put them in okay and aaron don't tell your wife this i put them in in the plastic container and i just put them in the microwave and i heat it up and just eat it right there i i, I was like dying i was starving i was like what is going on there's no microwave terrible lucky i live in an apartment complex so the head came up and unplugged it and then plugged it back in and it goes now it works and i was like oh good <laughs> that's so I feel like I'm turning into a real New Yorker. Uh, I, did, I did do some VR the other day where I did almost throw up. So you can picture me Whoa. in the VR goggles barfing into my toilet because I was running around trying to shoot uh, six-year-olds in a game what? and not being Wait successful. Wait, what are you, what that's got to be a bleep. It's a game called Pavlov where it's me playing a bunch of, it turns out, little kids who say very rude things when you get last place and they don't. <laughs> Okay, the stuff I would say if I said cake farts, that's like nothing compared to what they're saying to me. It's why, terrible. Why? Why? And then the other thing I want to say is that my wife is taking. Have you guys ever heard of the Milk Bar? It's a dessert yes. place here. And yeah. uh, have you ever had their cookies, Aaron? No, I've not. I, I've heard much about them, but I've never partaken. Do you think Aaron has read more books about cookies within the last five years or eaten more cookies? Oh, I, I he's probably like, well, you know, actually, we switched now from this grain free to uh, now gluten free uh, cookie. But I was going to say we uh, switched from fiction books about cookies to non <laughs> books about cookies. This is probably why Aaron has no problems with the side panels on his sweatshirt. And I do is that. My wife is now, instead of us switching to some sort of vegetarian tofurkey, whatever Aaron was talking about, <laughs> my wife is now taking a cookie baking online class from the yes. owner of the milk bar. Whoa. Oh, cool. So she she may, has bad. been up all night, or not up all night, but she's been up every night this week watching videos of this professional cookie baker. And then she's in like a small class group. So they all bake cookies and then give each other feedback on their cookies and give each other ideas. So she has already made a, let me look at my notes here. She has already made a cornflake chocolate chip marshmallow cookie. That was absolutely to die for. It was that just delicious. Good. It was great. Mm. And she has like, she has a cookie scoops, like ice cream scoops, but there's for three different size cookies. She's got a thermometer for the oven. I mean, it, she's like really taking this seriously. So her assignment this week is to you find. Ever tell her to stop spending all this money on this stuff while you're out there buying new microphones <laughs> or anything or not. Have you ever said stop buying all these, these cookie scoops or. Does this benefit you so you're all right? Yeah, no, I'm totally fine. With her taking a cookie baking class, are you serious, Russ? I was like, what do you want me to do? I'll go buy, I'll go to the store right now. I'll buy you cornflakes. You want cornflakes? I got you. Whatever you want. Uh, so, and then I go to the store and like buy a cookie at the grocery store and I come back and I'm like, oh, sorry. It's like I'm cheating on her. Uh, so she is, she has to come up. Her assignment this week is to come up with a flavor story. So it's an idea of something she ate in her life that she wants to turn into a cookie. Oh and so boy. what she's picking is that she's picking a day where she was going around in France and she ate croissants and cappuccino all day. And so she wants to make a cookie that is reminiscent of the flavor of cappuccino. Now she's got somebody else in her class 
oh, they're taking cinnamon toast crunch cereal and they're grinding it up and using that as the flour for her cookie. There we go. So think about that. I mean, a cinnamon toast crunch cookie would be the most delicious thing ever. I was asking you guys, what would you guys pick for your flavor story if you were going to make your own kind of cookie? Oh, man. Rob always puts us on the spot. I don't know if this would be a great cookie or not, but I love to brunch. And whenever I go to brunch, if they have pork belly on the menu, I have to get pork belly. I don't even care what it is. I don't care who I'm with. And this might not help my dating experience ever when they're like, hey, I've gone out with this guy for brunch three or four times. And every time he just orders like the fattiest thing on the menu. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a pork belly guy. I don't know if it would work for cookies, but if I go out somewhere, I have to get pork. Belly. So we're talking pork belly and what are you talking like pork belly and some salt? It, does, it, it doesn't matter. If I th- pork belly's on the menu. I get it. I think that'd be good. What about a cookie with like a little, like uh, really well cooked pork bits on the top with some salt. I'm totally like down it. with that. Russell. That sounds great. It. I think we could do it. I've actually been Matt. to brunch with Russell. Sorry. Yep. Matt, no. Matt's up. No, Aaron's going to have a, the, the funniest, dumbest answer. So I was actually going to answer Matt first. <laughs> there's a, there's a method to my madness. Believe it or not, there is a reason I'm the main host. Yeah, I'm try- the main, I can't, I can't get host. off the cereal to try to think of like what cereal would be good to do it. I mean, ca- cap- your, um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch would be phenomenal. I'm, I'm just thinking if I had like a flavor story, I'd probably have something to do with ice cream. I mean, is this what they're getting at? Like you're kind of walking through and... What like what 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 do you think of when you think of a flavor story with ice cream? Like what kind of ice cream would you are you thinking of? I'm thinking of like cookies and cream or like a mint chocolate chip or something like that. I I, I don't know. Boom, what so you try- make that into a cookie somehow. I think that'd be really yeah. good. So I mean, yeah, I don't know. Try to combine that. So I, that's cookies what and I think cream when I think cookie. Of a f- that's like that's a cookie and creams cookie. That's like an inception. That's like brilliant. I know, but like I, just I mean, an Oreo. Like, I can't think. You can't make like a pepperoni pizza cookie, can you? I mean, that just doesn't sound. I do. Why not? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're I'd about to find out. Try yeah. it. I mean, yeah. That's honestly what I was going to say for mine because I know Aaron's again is going to be the dumbest answer. So I'm going to wait. But mine, <laughs> I was going to say like a barbecue. If you could make like a barbecue cookie, I think that'd be so good. I think a savory cookie. It's time to make a comeback, like a barbecue. Well, I'll go pepperoni pizza then. I love some savory sort of pizza. That's oh, so good. yeah, man. I need can it. I, I need jump it. back in before Aaron gives a super stupid answer? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> um, I would probably go with a flavor flav cooking, go with cherry flavored bitters cookie. <laughs> right, Aaron, you give your su- stu- super stupid answer. All right, here I go. Here I go. I'm gonna give I get I get a I gotta pay an uh, an homage to two important people in my life. Number one is Russell J. Yeah. I've been to brunch with Russell here in Oakland, and one of the places we went was called Shakewell, and they do a spin on chicken and waffles, which is chicken yeah. and churros. So I yeah. think a chicken, chicken and churro cookie would be great. I can't roll my R's, which is why totally I never succeeded. That. I'd be so good. Awesome. <clears throat> I would say chicken and churro would be good. And then um, I'm thinking, I, we just recently, my, my wife's grandmother, so my son's great-grandma, had someone bake Christmas cookies for all of her grandchildren and send them out across the country. So we've had a shoebox full of multiple styles of Christmas cookie in our house since about December 20th, which has been marvelous. And the one that I really like. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there for a second. Wait a minute. Shut up for a second. That is the difference between your family and my family. You've had a (laughs) shoebox of cookies since December, and it's still there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's wild to me. We had to that tell my son so he can only have that, cookies that, on the Those cookies now. would be gone in three days at my house. Aaron, <laughs> stop talking to me. This, this, those cookies would be gone. My flavor profile is just eating other people's cookies. Like that's literally my flavor story. <laughs> so the one that I that I've really enjoyed that I didn't know I liked so much is the lemon cookie. I've loved this lemon cookie, and it dawned on me as we were talking that my mom, oh, no. 
My, when I was a kid, my mom was a huge Diet Mountain Dew drinker. I don't know if she still is. But what if you took a lemon wait a cookie minute, wait a minute, and instead you did Diet Mountain Dew? It's, 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 it's oh. time for one-on-one with Aaron's mom. Oh, yeah. An OG it's drop. Like 20 episodes. It it's been a while yeah. since Aaron, your it's mom, been a made, a, made an appearance it's on this podcast. But my mom make so, those lemon cookies. They weren't as good as the, the what were those famous donuts called? The Krispy Kremes. They weren't as good as the Krispy Kreme she bought for us the one year, but I bet those lemon cookies were good. So say what you were thinking. You were thinking lemon cookies and Mountain Dew? I was thinking, Asked yeah, lemon cookies, but for. instead of lemon, let's do Diet Mountain Dew. That's what I'm thinking. Let's, that's, that's what I'm trying to holler at. A Diet Mountain Dew cookie. I'm totally down with that. I'm not yes. going to hit the button on that one. I think that sounds really good to me. All right. I can come through. All right. Time. That's enough. Break it up, you two. That was one-on-one <laughs> with Aaron's mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I sound so young in that clip. <laughs> uh, we made so, so much I'm going to say this. Not as much bass. I was, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about a, either uh, like a Cadbury egg cookie. I don't know what the oh, flavors are. Yes. Cadbury egg. I think it's just, but they are selling Cadbury eggs in Dwayne Reed now in New York. It is officially Easter season. Easter season is upon us. And then Jenny also needs to come up with a name for a cookie. So I was saying like, afternoon in Paris, you know, like a Parisian. And she goes, no, the problem is that day we did that. We weren't in Paris. We were in Chart. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> you can't call it that for a cookie. No. Just move along. Get to the album. Get to the album. Cookie chart. No, no, no. I've I've made it this far and and I haven't had to quit my my public speaking class. But after this, I don't see how I can really return to it. Oh, excuse me for all my shock jock tactics that make people laugh. Okay, so now we'll get into the part that everyone continuously tells me they want to be shorter. And that's actual facts about the album. Okay, we are talking about the 1994. I've forgotten almost what we're talking about. uh, Notorious B.I.G. album Ready to Die. And really the story of this album revolves around. Andre Harrell. Okay. So Andre Harrell is basically known as the king of East coast hip hop. He was the uh, vice president and GM of Def Jam before leaving to make Uptown Records. He formed Uptown Records and he brought along with him an intern by the name of uh, P Diddy. Now at this place, Uptown Records, they had heavy D and the boys. They had Mary G Mary J Blige. And eventually uh, P Diddy got so big and kind of full of himself that he fired him. And he said, I'm firing you for your own good because you got to go out and make it on your own. You're going to be big. So Biggie took, and they had actually recorded part of this album with Uptown. And then he took Biggie. Uh, so P. Diddy left and formed Bad Boys Record, took uh, Notorious B.I.G. with him, finished the album. In the meantime, Notorious B.I.G. had gone back down to North Carolina to sell drugs for a little bit, came back up and finished the album. And that's why on this album you actually hear, say that again. They were getting 20 for a brick down there, right? Isn't that what he says in the song? I didn't actually listen to the album. I don't have time. I'm, <laughs> I'm making too many cookies. Um, but you, you, I think I think to, to that whole thing is this whole setup of, like, when, when, Big, when this album came out, Biggie was 21 years old, right? I mean, think about that. Yeah. This album comes out. He's 21 years old. This album at the time wasn't that big. It only got one Grammy nomination for Big Papa, but lost two. Does anybody want to guess what it would have lost to in 94? 
is it is it Coolio? Yeah, a Coolio song, Gangsters Paradise, which is not a superior song in any form, but the no. video I think is what carried it. I remember that video being huge and just playing on rotation all the time. Uh, Biggie, of course, was killed when he was twenty four and ninety seven. I didn't realize that his span of being an artist was that short. Uh, and in when he died, that song "I'll Be Missing You" with Mary J. Blige and uh, P. Diddy came out. And it was debuted at number one. It was the first rap song ever to debut at number one. Wow. So just a couple observations about this album. Number one, uh, Notorious B.I.G., I don't even think he's that big. Like, I watched some of the old videos of him. He's not what? that. Like, I look at him now. No, he's, no, no, no. On. If you look at the later he's albums, big. he's pretty damn big. He, I, he would. He I did, is huge. I did look it up. When he passed, he was 380 pounds. And he wears 13s. Know what I mean? <laughs> but if you look at these videos, he's not that big. Like I remember him being big, big. Maybe I'm thinking of the later videos. Okay. So I'm wrong there. Number two, I was blown away by how good of a storyteller. I'm going to edit that out. Any part where I'm wrong, edit it out. I'm going to add a, another cake. For so now this there. is one. Um, so I, I was blown away by how good of a storyteller he was on this album. Like a lot of these songs, you know, the message was in there, but a lot of these songs were like a story of him growing up or a story of him, doing some activity. And I just loved it. I thought it was really interesting the way he talked, like where he's talking to himself during a song, like it's such a creative way to think about doing a, a rap song. And then finally, this album is probably our first true gangster rap album that we've done, mm-hmm. but I don't think, and, and he definitely is glorifying it. Like it definitely, you can hear that, but on subsequent listens, I really noticed how much he talked about how not great it was, right? Like he uses this word stress, more times than I think any other artist we've listened to about how stressed he was and how he's trying to get better. And then, of course, the last song, he's talking about how terrible he feels about everything he's done. Thoughts? Vivid storytelling. And this is the most anatomically detailed of any album that what? we've what? heard yet. I mean, hit you with the dick, make the kidney shift. Next oh, batter here to shatter, mm-hmm. shatter your bladder. You know, oh, rip geez. through the ligaments. Like, he, oh. is, he is really into body parts in a way that no other music I've ever heard. He's so vivid with his storytelling that it, it just... He must, he must have took Bonehead Bio at St. Olaf. In the I moment. Those words. <laughs> they must have taught that in 122 and not 121. Now, today's lesson will be uh, hitting that until the kidneys shift. and uh... <laughs> Got the gat to your liver, you know, like doing your... Like he's a savage and your brain tells much damage. Matt. No, I was going to say, I think you bring up a good point, Rob, with the whole stress thing. I think the oh, NWA... Oh, do I? Maybe somebody should give a speech about what a good point I brought up and not just shock jock things. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, Don't worry, I really... take criticism very well. Not a yeah, big deal to geez. me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that what you want me to say? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Back at the man. See, Aaron just no, I know you're mad. mad. I'm just waiting. You, 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 so there's sorry. always one I'm more so joke, sorry. right, Rob? You've always got one more joke. You to just got to right? jump in and rip it away from him. <laughs> I can't think of any more jokes. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, you know, you, you think of kind of where the gangster rap, um, the kind of the progression of it, right? And I think NWA um, really just hammered home like the guns and killing and, you know, running the streets. And then you've got a little bit of um, run DMC that's getting a little bit more into the kind of the feelings of it. You know, Chuck D, I think, was kind of the kind of the pioneer of of getting a little bit more granular and kind of digging down a level or two. And it's really carried into this album as well. I mean, you hear about him. I mean, he's got strong feelings about his, just the way he grew up. Right. And, and teachers not respecting him and people not respecting him. And he's just, he just wants to do what's, he just wants to make some money and make it out of the, the streets. Right. And make a, a, make a name for himself. And he's talking about how hard it is and how, 
you know, he's forced to kind of do the things that he's has to do. And I think there's a lot of people that feel that way. And he, I think he's the one who kind of first brought it out to the forefront to where like the MTV world really took notice of what's actually going on. Um, and so, yeah, you make, I think you make a great point there, Rob. I just wanted to give you kudos for, you know, stepping out of the shock jock role and actually having a poignant thought. Rob's right. <laughs> Thank you, Emerson, for getting on the Zoom and saying that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Um, so I look, I was looking up while you were talking, I wasn't listening. I was looking up, um, NWA when they were active, it was 87 to 91. I didn't realize they were that early. Yeah, they were early. Wow. I mean, he was definitely influenced by, by NWA and California, which we'll talk about a little bit. Yeah, let's get into it. So this is really, uh, I think this is probably, I I was looking up, uh, Vulture had a list of the greatest rap that exemplified New York rap and, and juicy on this list came in at number two overall. So the first song in we have on here is named intro wow what a great song clever start. it's like i mean we've talked start. about it. i mean the dude's got amazing vocabulary and he's just busting it out right yeah. here at the beginning and, and i will say i i have picked the clean version for this it's a it's like the 2005 remaster there's some it sounds weird when it's clean i'll just put it that way i listened to the intro once i skipped it every other time after this as soon as i heard this baby cry i was like okay goodbye i don't yeah, need to listen to it anymore yeah if you've heard that in your real life you don't need to hear it i like those uh Go ahead, Rob. Sorry, I interrupt. Oh, no, but basically it goes through his life from being born to um, his parents fighting, committing crimes, and then being in jail, and then being let out of jail and saying, I, I want to do big things. Go ahead, Aaron. I just like the musical kind of uh, biography where it goes from Curtis Mayfield up through um, the early rap rap albums. It's, it's clear throughout this whole record that Biggie listens to a lot of music, and so it's cool to hear that right from the start. Was this Curtis Mayfield pre-heart transplant or post? That's Curtis Blow. Oh, man. I Ah, oh, geez. I totally missed. Kurt, hey, sometimes I saw... you got to throw that fishing line out there and you dangle that lure yeah. right in front of Aaron and he's going to bite on that shit. I like should have said this to you guys. I saw a video of Curtis Blow dancing when he got out of the hospital. He's doing great. So update Curtis Blow got his heart transplant and he's fine. That's good because we got exa- we got 100 emails asking, what's Curtis Blow up to? This is my number one source for Curtis Blow news. Some things done never change on this podcast. <laughs> All right. So we have, uh, just like when I go to the store and I pay too much for a uh, chopped cheese, things done changed. Mm, get Ooh. change back. Okay. I've, still, I've never had, I want to, I want to try a chopped cheese so bad. I've never had one. Let me listen to this voice, right? He's talking on this one about how the streets have changed and they've gone from beating people up to shooting people. But guess what? He's down with it. Still seeing the body with the chalk around it. I mean, his voice is so distinct. It's so good. I, I loved it. I thought it was great. The voice and the breath control. Try rapping along like you can't breathe. Oh, God. I would never even think about trying to rap along. If you listen to my Big Bopper intro again, you notice I did not try to do any sort of rhythmic <laughs> rapping whatsoever. All right. Next up, we've got... Uh, when Matt wants to make a cereal, it's give me the loops, but how about give me the loot? <laughs> well, I think, you know, all of these kind of build off of each other. But again, this one's just straight talking about, you know, he's talking about right there when he's got a motherfucker's deep dirt nap. You know, I think the line that gets it for me is it says that, you know, so for bread and butter, I leave homeboys in the gutter. We'll say it, you know. And then this comes in, and this give me the loop part of it, and there's just nothing to me that gets your head banging a little bit faster than a nice, strong 
refrain like this. And yeah. I mean, you remember this song because of this one line, Give Me the Loot. And I, I don't know, since 1994, I remembered the song the first time I heard it. Stick up. I'm going to think about this every time I get Fruit Loops going from now on. <laughs> give me the loop. Give me the loop. My kid turned to me the other day and she goes, do you know these are all the same flavor? And I was like, oh, you're so my kid. I love you so much. <laughs> Good for her for trying those for like, Skittles, too. It out. You know, all Skittles are the same flavor. No way. Is she oh, in yeah. there with like pretzels as a palate cleanser in no, between? Like I she's tasting I, one Fruit Loop at a time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the blue doesn't taste like a blue. Now I'm starting to wonder, like, if every cookie the is the same flavor, like too, the no matter what you guys say they are. Ooh, a Fruit Loops and Skittle cookie. Would a Skittle cookie go? I think it would go. We all just had the most thought we've had ever on the but podcast. We all like, stared at each be... other. We're like, that's a great question, Rob. Do, do all Starbursts taste the same, or are those no, different? No, those are different. Ones are different. Russell, yeah. don't, be, don't be silly. Those are all different. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know Skittles. Did you? I don't, I don't, I mean... Yes. No, actually, I don't know. I keep thinking Aaron's of sour like, Skittles, Aaron, but that's a whole not different Not only bag. does Aaron not eat Skittles, he's not even allowed to talk about them. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to remember the last time I ate a Skittle. I prefer chocolate to fruit. His candy. wife just opened the garage door and looked out and went and gave him the big head shake. <laughs> you want to go the back to that finger. Tent, yeah. No, 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 no. I'll give you this bag of Skittles, but you're going back He's to like us tent. in the dorms in college where he had to cover up the microwave he's got out in the garage. He had to cover back up with the blanket and be like, oh, this is not a microwave. <laughs> That's not a fridge with beer in there. You can't go in my closet. You can't go in the closet. It's the rule. You can't go in the yeah. closet. It's like my rule with the internet bookmarks. You can't go in there. It's, it's daddy's place. <laughs> Don't do it. Ah, I'm going to delete it now. I shouldn't have said daddy. That makes it sound like it's my kids. So it. whatever Just you're going to say it. here is deleted. All right. <laughs> Next up, we've got machine gun funk. couple thoughts on this song. This to me is the song. So we all, at least as far as I remember, growing up learned about the east coast west coast beef and this is the song to me that shows biggie's west coast influence so it's not clear exactly when he came to california but he definitely was in california before he recorded this album um he hung out with according to some sources hung out with king t who was a compton raptor compton rapper borrowed some of some of his flow from king t so the east coast west coast thing was not to me biggie and tupac's doing they got caught up in all of it but I also want to, I'm also thinking with this tune, with all of the sample clearance issues, so, so funk is not primarily the domain of the West Coast because funk sort of originated in Georgia first and then Ohio was really kind of like funk central for the 70s. But they had to take the funk. Is that, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that why that band was the Ohio? What were they? The Ohio? Who did Roller Ohio, Coaster of Love? The Ohio Players. They were from Ohio. Uh, <laughs> Junie Morrison, who was the... the uh, That's playing uh, in the background right now, by the way. Music leader for uh, Parliament was from Ohio. Ooh, I like but this. They had, this is awesome. They had the, to take the funk the out of machine ooh, gun funk. Ooh, Aaron, read the sign. Ooh, 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 ooh. The sign says shut up, by the way, if you haven't listened Central to Central time zone funk. I would recognize Central time zone funk any day. Yeah. Wait, is Ohio Central time? Or oh, yeah. Oh, it's definitely Central time. Detroit Central, Central time. time. Mostly Central, right? right? Yeah. Uh, but I did ask Rob to see if he could add back in the funk. Uh, so I, I, I sent Rob a sample, which is, uh, according to Apple, it's a Parliament sample. But yes, it's a Parliament affiliate group. But it turns out this is the horniest sample on the album. Oh. And it had to be removed due to fair use infringement. Russell, I probably didn't say that right. This is the horniest Aaron, sample on the whole Aaron, album. Can, Aaron, Aaron, can we never talk about fair use <laughs> infringement on this podcast again, please? Like, I, 
yeah, we can't ever bring that up again. I'll tell you what, that's where I won all Play those goldfish song. by throwing the ping pong balls in the cup. That was fair use, you know what I mean? <laughs> but this sample has subsequently been removed, so Apple Music will tell you this is a Parliament sample. Which, yes, it's a Parliament-affiliated group, but it is Fred Wesley and the Horny Horns from the album of Woe For Me, A Toot To You. And this has been removed, so the funk is taken out of Machine Gun Funk, and I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned that while we talked about this album. Somehow this album was even more horny than the one we listened to. We we didn't even know. I'm never going to take the horny horns out of anything. The horny <laughs> horns are staying in. Aaron, can you explain real quick what the sample uh, what the sample issue is with this album overall? Yeah, so I think that this, this album, I mean, I think uh, Puffy was playing fast and loose with samples. And so on this particular track, they sampled this tune by, uh, by Fred Wesley and the Horny Horns. Uh, and I think it was owned by... <laughs> Bridgeport Music was the label, and they sued in the 2000s to say, you never cleared this sample with us, you didn't pay for it. And um, I did I choose this track because I own a CD that includes the sample that the, the streaming platforms do not have? To answer my own question like Rob, yes, I did. Uh, because now when you, hear this, when you hear the song on a streaming platform, you don't hear the voices uh, over the uh, chorus. It's around the one-minute mark of the track uh, because they had to remove it. Uh, and there are a couple of places on the album where they had to remove samples that had been there because um, they didn't clear or pay for them uh, at the outset. You can, and you can find a lot of those original uh, tracks still on YouTube in different places. Yeah, they're out there, right? They didn't Here, just I have another. I have another song by the Horny Horns players. Let's listen to this. these Horny Horns. I want to hear it. Oh, yeah, that is erotic. <laughs> Ooh, that's horny. I love it. All right, Aaron's giving me a big thumbs up. I will say Aaron sent me a lot of horny notes for this this uh, podcast this week. I usually don't bring my arrangement of horny horns on first dates. I leave it to like the second or third, but like women show up, I pick them up, and there's just this cavalcade of horny horns oh, in yeah. the backseat next to, next, to, next to Push Push by Saxophone Colossus thrown out the window. Yeah. I'm now a Fred Weasley in the... Fred Wesley and the Horny Horns. That's what I'm down with. <laughs> All right. Warning. So this song always stuck with me because this all came out like 94. There was Goodfellas that came out. I was like 13, 14. So that's when I kind of got into the Godfather kind of a thing. Yeah. And this whole like... So thinking of you, whole, listening, like, you listening to like Biggie and watching the Godfather and being well, like... Well, I mean like this whole like gangster thing, right? This whole song's about this guy. It's 546. Who the hell's calling me? It says Barber. Calling him to say, "Hey, I heard they're gonna come shoot you." You know, there's My there's a never calls me. there's they a hit out on him, right? So like it's this whole me. world, like me sitting in Minnesota suburbs. You know, like what the hell's going? On? Like this is great. This is just like the movies, kind of a thing, right? And so I just it was all that that first line of that song. Play it one more time for me, Rob. You know, I think we all walked around saying this forever because just the 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 lyrics, like Rosie said, he's, he's a great storyteller, right? And to be able to kind of frame up time place and what's going on it's just it's amazing you know it's like it, it's, yeah. it's pure poetry and this song you know for what it is that's that's kind of just my sample of of what made him great i think this album in suburban america caused pager sales to skyrocket i can picture <laughs> having a little pager being like dang who's paging me 5 30 in the morning i was gonna ask you guys i was thinking about this when i heard all the, the references to pagers like Pagers had such a short window of time where they were the in thing, right? It's probably from like 93 to 97 and then they're gone. Right. I think so. Yes. It's funny because my mom was a, was a physician and so she always had a pager my whole life. So this idea that pagers were only with drug dealers, I was like, 
you know, my mom sold a little hash at best. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> say she was a dealer dealer. But I, I Your was mom thinking about this. that good stuff. And yeah. I was thinking, there's no way Rob had a pager, like, in his carpenter jeans in the hammer loop or whatever. I thought there was very uh, high <laughs> unlikelihood that Aaron had one. I did not have one, but I was at, like, a 45% chance that, Matt, you had a pager Come on, say school. yes. Come on, no, Matt. Show never us had a pager. One, no. oh, never, never had, had one. A lot, lot of friends had them, and, you know, they were sending the codes back and forth, yep. so... It, a lot of friends. No, I never had one. My first job out of undergrad uh, was at a group home and the on-ground supervisor was called the OGS. And this was in 2002, right? How did they come up with that name? Yeah, right? <laughs> so the OGS got I to wear had to a think about it. I was like, what is, he, what is that? And yeah, I that never made it to OGS, but I always wanted to just so I could wear the pager because I had a friend who would say, hey, you guys have a problem? Just hit me on the hip. And I always wanted to say, hit oh me on the God, hip. And I never, so good. never got the chance. We should get pagers for the podcast, like 20 oh. minutes before the podcast starts. Right? We get a page from Rob saying, here's the Zoom code, dial in. Yes. That's that's, that's such a good idea. I, I also want to point out on that song, that was the one where uh, Biggie was able to modulate his voice and make it sound like he's talking to somebody when he's just talking to himself. And I I just really think that's such a cool idea. Rob's right. No, wait, no, that wait. <laughs> that's not me talking. Oh, shit, that bit didn't work at all. I thought that was me saying Rob's right. <laughs> Rob's right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay. So that didn't work out. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Next up, we got one of the few rap songs to hear the lyrics of Fuck My Mom, Ready to Die. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, nice intro. I think the interesting thing about the song is he's talking about like, hey, when you're on the you're on the streets, you're dealing drugs, you're trying to make it, you're trying to make whatever money you can, you're really saying you're ready to die, right? Yeah. And it's I, I didn't really get the whole meaning of the album, but when I when I thought about it, listening to the song, it's like, man, we just grew up in a different in a different atmosphere, and it's something just I just don't relate to. But I thought it was really really interesting, but. When I when I listened to the song, I couldn't stop thinking about Tupac and Biggie dying early, and so I li- I watched two documentaries, one by A and E called Biggie: The Life of the Notorious B.I.G. and another one called Murder Rap about the murders of Tupac and Biggie. And I know Matt, you're probably you were probably more into Biggie as as a kid maybe than I was. Aaron, maybe you've got a better feel for this, but like I just wanted to like go through some of this stuff that led to this East Coast West Coast kind of divide and kind of what led to their murders. Cause there's some of the stuff that I didn't know. And I bet some of our listeners don't know. So I'm just going to go through some of it quickly and you guys feel free to jump in when you, whenever you have something to add, does that work? Yeah, let's hear it. Yep. So from my understanding, Biggie, when he was coming up, he was actually friends with Tupac at some point and Tupac was kind of a mentor to him. And then there's a point where Tupac was coming to record a song with, with Biggie and the Junior Mafia, and they're inviting him up to the studio, and he ends up getting robbed and shot right outside their studio. Yeah. Shot like five times. And so the very next day, he's going to prison for sexual assault. So he is in prison, and at this point, he believes that Biggie and these guys have kind of ambushed him, and they they were behind the shooting of him. And so while he's in prison, things are not going well for him. So Suge Knight... I would say that's an understatement. While you're in prison, things are usually not like... Well, and, I was going to say I was going to say what the rumors of what happened to him, but I figured we didn't need to go. Down yeah, I think we know, right? If you're incapacitated and you're famous, right? But, but so Suge Knight comes in and with Death Row Records, and he bails out Tupac. He pays for his bail to get him out in exchange for Tupac doing three records. Did you guys know that? 
Yeah. I have read that I in Ben not. Westhoff's uh, book about the West Coast rap. Yeah. Suge was an instigator in all of this. And it is really sad. It's hard to listen to this album because, and it's hard to listen to Tupac stuff too, because they both predicted their own demise. They didn't know how, but they were obsessed with their own demise. They knew it was coming yeah. early because of how they were living. It's like when I die of eating too many cookies. Everybody's going to be like, I <laughs> you know mentioned it. Suge Knight kind of being a key with this. So then he comes up and then they're at this thing called, you know, these award ceremony of the Source Awards. And Suge Knight comes up and essentially says, if any rappers don't want to deal with someone who's always, ju- any producer who's jumping into their songs and jumping into their albums, come work for us. He's essentially ripping Puff Daddy Puffy out, in yeah. New York, which is their, which is his city. And all the fans are just booing the shit out of him. Like anytime West Coast rappers come up, they're booing them. Snoop Dogg's yelling at the crowd. It's just crazy. Have you guys ever seen this before? Oh, yeah. The 94, 95 Source Awards. It's yeah. a... It's it's Snoop Dogg. Yeah, you ain't got no love for the West Coast. I mean, it's it's a pretty iconic uh, yeah speech that he gives. But this this essentially kind of sets off the East Coast West Coast rap war, right? It's terrible and it's so ugly because Tupac had roots in both the East and West Coast. And as I mentioned, I know Biggie was out here on the West Coast learning his craft, and so it never had to happen. It didn't have to be this way, Rob. Well, I think that it's part of it is like. I, you know you're going to sell more albums when people have to pick a side and they're going to be like, I'm on a team. I want to be part of this. I think we've right. seen lately in society, if you're part of a group, like you'll do anything for that group. And I think that like, you know, an East Coast, West Coast beef is kind of like, oh, if you're somebody on the East Coast and you're constantly on a podcast with somebody on the West Coast and you're always making fun of them and putting them <laughs> down, that helps. Like that makes things better. Okay. Some people say, oh, it's a if shock I shot thing. drive by because of this podcast, that's not okay. We've got to eliminate that right now. I don't care what beef you guys have. What beeps we have. Beep, beep, beep. Uh, Hit me on the head. I I have too many online dating failures ahead of me for me to be taken out too soon here. Russ, if you have a date not going well next time, just pull out your beeper and go, ah, somebody hit me on the hip. I got to get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) Can you imagine imagine the conversation she's going to have? Like, I I was on this date with this guy and he pulled out a beeper. He got got a shot go out with me again, right? Pulled out a beeper. That just screams you're in demand. But then mm-hmm. there, there's all these things going back and forth. And then they start doing these diss tracks back and forth, right? So Biggie releases Who Shot You, which when I saw it, looked at this album on Spotify. Which is not on this it. album. It was not on this album. I'm so angry at the streaming services for adding this as it is. It's 100% not part of this album. I'm sorry, Russell. Why do they do that? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It's like a year and a half later. It's like it changes the whole context. It's like both the the album and that track are historical documents about what happened in hip hop. And to just destroy that makes me out of my mind. You're hearing it. I apologize. Go ahead, Russell. And then after this, Tupac releases Hit Him Up. where he's So that first song, um, Who Shot You, is essentially making fun of Tupac for, hey, we're joking on Who Shot You because we acted like we weren't a part of it. And then Tupac releases Hit Him Up where he's essentially rapping about screwing Biggie's wife at the time, Faith Evans, who had just sung a song with Tupac yeah. and then essentially kind of says he's going to kill all the members of Bad Boy, right? Like yeah, it's, Tupac goes it's to the next frontal, level. He goes, right? Yeah, he goes scorched earth. And then like by all accounts, Tupac at that point in his life was... You know, paranoid and the click you claim West side when we rock come equipped with game. You claim to be a player, but I bust your wife. We bust on boys, brothers touch. Yeah, I mean, you can talk really like music. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, Tupac was like, Yeah, you want to have a have beef? Let me (laughs) here we go. And so then there's all these things that go and there's all these things. And they're like, Oh, do you want beef? And Aaron was like, Actually, I've replaced beef with a soy beef type thing that actually is (laughs) the same size as the bagels I'm using. 
but it's just as offensive as what I'm singing about yeah. right now. I also fucked your wife, but it was meat free. <laughs> yeah, well, the methane from the cows, you know, we were cutting down on that, but all the water it takes to actually make these soy products, you know, so it's, I mean, what is, what is really, Just, yeah, you know, what's really the best? Legitimate debate, Matt. We should talk about this. Yeah, I don't, I don't know really what the answer is. Right. All right, guys, I've but got this I- stuff I'm making called Soylent Green. I think you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the people, by the people. Made of people. <laughs> That that is the worst joke ever. The fact that we're making Soylent Green is made of like that was a joke that was thirty years above ahead of our time. This is not good. Listen, we, we're talking about beepers. I tried to talk about cake farts. I tried to talk about normal everyday stuff, and you guys shut it down. So now we're talking about beepers. But then it's crazy. So then you've got all these other incidents with all these other fights between kind of different people in the group, and then eventually Tupac gets shot after a fight after a Mike Tyson fight where they're playing his song at the fight. And then six months later, Biggie gets shot, too. It's just crazy. These guys were both so young, and you feel like this stuff did not have to happen. And it's so sad, and it's just, but, like, I'm just drawn to this part of the story almost more than I am the actual music. Are you guys drawn to that at all or not? Did you see the movie Notorious? I did not watch it, no. Neither did I. I just was going to make conversation, <laughs> but I can't. I, you can't know, somebody I, hit me on the hip. I got to go, guys. See ya. I had I had a lot of friends in high school, and they still, I mean, they listened to a lot of Tupac growing up. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, I mean, we were in high school and all of this went down, right? And so, like, I mean, the conspiracy theories that Tupac's still living in the Bahamas somewhere and stuff like that, you know, everybody, all of this, you know, forever. I think, I think for, you know, for me, it's it's kind of been... Um, ground into the ground a little bit of, of, you know, there's talked about too much a little bit. Um, and again, to your point, it's just all senseless. And, you know, there's some gang affiliation stuff that comes into it as well that, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think you get caught up in, particularly if you're an entertainer. It still happens today with these online rappers, stuff like that. They get caught up in it and, you know, you're kind of forced into the a lifestyle just because you're a rapper thing. It's so it's just, it's a whole to your, to your main point, Russell, it's just kind of sad that it all happened because some people who are very talented are not here anymore mm-hmm. and for stupid reasons. Yeah. Same. I, I love this album. I used to bump it. I still have it on CD. I used to bump it in my old Chevy S 10 and I know it so well, but um, it's been hard for me to listen to uh, lately as we've because I can't listen to it without thinking about what happened to these guys. And when you hear Biggie rap so vividly about guns, he knows the ins and outs of every bullet yeah. and weapon and the lifestyle that, that he was living. And they knew they were headed for disaster and couldn't get out of it. It's yeah, it's it's I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm going to go back and revisit this one a lot after this week, even though I've uh, you know been into it this week because it's hard to listen. I think part of it too is that at the time of this release, all of us are forty years old, right? And this album is just right in nope. the heart of nope. like, no, we're not. Oh, release! Excuse me, sir. I know what I'm talking about. I'm the main host, and uh, and so Matt, Matt, Matt's don't thinking do about that when when Rob says release. Oh, it's, it's oh. way out of line. No, Matt don't is do that. Matt is turning forty and he's depressed about. It. He's like, I'm not forty. And I was like, Yeah, you are. By the time you're hearing this on your iPhone, he doesn't listen to it though. Uh, <laughs> but Matt might download. So I think part years. of the reason we're so intrigued by this is that this was a huge part of like like I remember I listened to that Biggie "I'll Be Missing You" song a bazillion times on the radio. Yeah. I yeah, never right. listened to it by choice once, but I heard it on the radio one million times. Uh, listen, when I want to go see a show for uh, rap artists, I'll say, hey, one more chance. Uh, yes. 
That was a stretch. Oh, there, is there some voicemail on this? Yeah. Is this Russell's track? Voicemail? Is this, Kirk, is this Kirsten from Minneapolis? If my voicemail ever sounded like this, it would be the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> okay, like, there's listen. a woman calling and saying, hey, Russ, uh, why aren't you calling me? And then another one saying, hey, I saw you out at the mall with another girl. Like, I, if I got any voicemail, let alone multiple, it would be the highlight of my world. Uh, hey guys, it's Krista. So, I don't this is believe Russell. Generally, in Russell, would you say you're a condom filler? <laughs> <laughs> Just yes or no. Just yes or no. It's a simple question. It's a true false. He always puts his his face into his hands anytime I ask a simple question. Condom filler, by the way, not a good flavor story. <laughs> no, skip that one for the flavor story. <laughs> you bite into a cookie, there's a condom in there? Ugh. No thanks. Oh, no. oh God! I don't generally what's worse believe than biting into, in what's worse than finding a cookie with a condom in. Yeah, finding one with a condom. <laughs> oh, geez. hey, joke! I'm dad. <laughs> My kids love that joke. By the way, the cookie condom joke—they think it's so funny. <laughs> Rob's just got like a dozen edible condoms sitting out of the counter tomorrow. Like, hey, figure out our new candy or new cookie flavor. I actually had a joke prepared for this song. I'm going to go ahead and say it, and Rob can edit it out and go to the next song if he wants. But I, I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I once heard that you should take no pleasure in guilt. But I will say I do, I do actually have uh, three guilty pleasures in my life. One oh, is true. college football. I still enjoy watching college football, and I feel guilty about it. So dirty. Two, yeah, that's global warming. Like when it like it's going to be 68 degrees here at the end of next week, I'm going to get oh, out there no. in the sunshine and enjoy it. And I'm going to feel guilty yeah, about yeah, it. So that's why he's warming. doing all the soy stuff. He's like, yeah, give me that water. Yeah. <laughs> and the third, the third is dirty sex raps that border on misogyny. I can't help but love this song <laughs> and I don't feel good about it. Earlier this week, my lady was like, it's fine if you want to play this album in the house. And then I do. And then this comes on. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm so embarrassed. I got to turn this off. I'm rapping along with every word. And I'm so, I feel so bad about myself. But I can't help it. I love this song so much. Aaron, I remember in college, we definitely spent a lot of time rapping to Ain't No Fun I know. In, our, in our college I know. dorm with women around. And looking back on it now, that was probably not the best. Don't feel good about that one either. I agree. Well, that, that would explain why Aaron sent me an email saying he really wants to cover this song, too. Oh, no. <laughs> now, uh, this is a song called, how do I say this? Fuck me. In the lube. Oh, no, interlude. Interlude, it says. In the lube. So, uh, fuck me in the lube. Is that how I say it, Russell? How would you say it? Uh, I know they talk about Oreo cookies and fried chicken. So, so here's the thing. Is that I would say every single time this song. You can cut this part, whatever. You can cut this in the background, whatever. There you go. Actually, I guess what I did. Added to my main soundboard too. Here we go. Oh, no. This is like the Stevie Wonder oh, farts no, thing. We, this no. is coming back over and over. Listen, no. this is Aaron. He wanted to talk about this one, not me. I, I, I said no, skip I did it. not. That's not true. So here's the thing: is that my kids walked in when that was on the Alexa. I would say at least five times, over oh, and no. over and over. And I was like, oh my god, I, you know, please stop playing it. All right, so let's go to the. That was the end of the side one. I suppose it's like Bruce Springsteen, where you start with something really. Uh, happy and upbeat and then you end with something really sad you know i i, I totally see where this comes and now we're playing this song again well i aaron gave me a thumbs up i don't know <laughs> why is this always come back to me all right the what 
fortune like the wind. Woo. I squeeze gats till my clips is empty. Don't tempt me. How many times do you think he says gats on this album? It's a lot. It's All a lot. right. It's next up, we have, just like the sweatpants I'm wearing, Juicy. Yes. What? <laughs> Juicy Couture. I know every word to the song, and I'm not going to rap it because I got to do you guys a favor. I'm not going to do it. All right. So this is the first single off this album. It's kind of an autobiographical song about him growing up. This was the number two on Vulture's list of the best New York rap songs. What's number one? New York State of Mind? Um, mob, some Mob Deep song, I think. Oh, yeah, okay, right. My question is this. Why do all these songs hate teachers so much? We're doing the Shook best we can. Part two. Shook Wins Part 2 is the one you're thinking of. <laughs> no, I'm not thinking about it anymore. Um, why, why, all these, why can't we have some rap songs that talk about how great teachers are? You know what I mean? Rob, do you ever do you ever think about this when you're teaching a class? You look out and you're like, oh, I could see that student being a famous artist or a famous writer or a famous musician, and they're probably going to rip on me at some point or not. Oh, my God. I would love. Can you imagine being the coach that named the kid Meatloaf? Like, he, you're the reason he's named Meatloaf? Like, or you're the gym coach that made the band Leonard Skinner? Like, I would yeah, love that to be that be teacher awesome. who's like, yeah, those kids were dicks, and that's why their band name is like, that Rob, <laughs> teacher Rob is a dick. Like that's, I would love to have that band name named after me. All right. Listen, uh, or if they just named it thick dick. And speaking of which thick dick, Mr. Urinal, everyday King. struggle, get the, get the pencils on the toilet. You guys know what I'm talking about. All right. One thing about this song, I got mad bills to pay tonight. That's why I'm drinking Tangeray so I can reminisce. Yeah, you really I wish I wasn't li- living so devilish. So cheers, you guys. Cheers, Russell, drinking the Tangeray. This sounds like a West Coast song to me too. All right, here's another one. This one, Aaron got a tattoo after. It's me and my bitch. <laughs> the son of your left or right forearm? Yeah. yeah. Well, he got a new one on his right forearm that says. Uh, Jill Biden is not a doctor. And I was like, well, that doesn't, that's not even going to make sense in a couple of years. If you guys could see the misogynist tattoos all over Aaron's shoulder oh. blades, it would be way more, way more offensive makes than, sense my sublime, number three. than my sublime tattoo. I think she's a doctor. She's got a PhD, Aaron. I mean, you know. All right. Here we go. Just like me when I have too many balloons in my house and I got to get rid of them. I like it when you call me Big Papa. <laughs> So this is the second single off this album. Dang, it's good. Got nominated oh, for Grammy song. for Best Rap Performance. It's his first top 10 hit. This is that smoother style I'm talking about after he came back from North Carolina. This kind of feels more like West Coast rap, though, right? When I was reading about and listening to this, this sounds like it has more of that, what you might call a G-Funk sound yes. or a West it's got the Coast sound, right? Yes, it's got the Isley Brothers. Yes, Russell knows. And so the one thing they're sampling is this Isley Brothers song throughout the whole song. But the thing that really jumped out to me is, did you guys kind of hear that high-pitched synthesizer? Yep. And that that high-pitched synthesizer is usually something found in West Coast G-Funk rap in the early 90s. That's why Kendrick and put it on his is, record. Is this, a, is, this, is this what it sounds like? Mm. That's pretty close. <laughs> yeah, That's G-Funk. That's pretty close, Rob. <laughs> but, but I read this was kind of the East Coast answer that. to all the Dr. Dre songs at the time. So what I wanted to give you guys is the best G-Funk songs that feature the high-pitched Portamento saw wave synthesizer melody that you just heard right there. Good God, Russell. Yeah, I just I, I just went from six to midnight. This is so exciting. <laughs> oh, a little I, movement. A little I don't movement like that. There's, there's vertical shrinkage. 
<laughs> Rob, this is where you play the Russ's list. <laughs> you were hovering over it. You were right there. I can't find it. I have too many lists. <laughs> it's, it's, it's time. Five, four, three, two, one. For another bet that it is better countdown. Oh. Oh, you like that? Now I added something yeah, not too many. Yeah, Just the right beautiful. amount of drops. So all the songs I'm going to give you guys are kind of, they're known for being West Coast rap songs, but they all have that kind of high-pitched synthesizer. And the first one definitely has to come from kind of the fathers, I think, of G-Funk, definitely in our era. It's got to be Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, nothing but a G thing. That's got to be number one, oh, right? Oh, yes. Man, I think this is on the list coming up in the next 20 or so, right? Chronic? Yeah, let me look. Uh, 37? Yeah. yeah. But Ooh, you hear that, that like high pitched thing, and that's what you heard in that Biggie yep. song that you don't normally hear in in East Coast rap. Am I right, Aaron? Yes, you're totally right, Russell. The next one on the list is definitely one I I guarantee that Matt at some point wore oh, overalls. One hundred percent. We Never got crisscross right? jump. I was I think, friends I, with I one think of the Tom from ATL once or twice. Uh, one of my whitest it. friends, which is really saying something, had uh, cross colors that he wore like crazy around oh, Rochester. No. And I was just like, and at the time we were like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like it's colorful. It's got Taz on it or whatever, you know. <laughs> you guys hear the, can you hear the snake up top? Did you hear it there on that crisscross one though? Yep, heard it. Yeah, I mean the right, ATL. Next had up to... on the list is definitely this has to be a favorite of guys our age, kind of mid nineties. Let's see if you remember this one, Rob. Why don't you just play it? I won't even tell you guys what it is. I bet our listeners will know it without me even saying it. Oh shit, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. All right, here we go. Oh man. Here, check out the high pitched snake here, Rosie. It's so nice. It's so nice. I saw, I saw Warren, G. Warren G live. You did? Yeah. We both at seen the caboose in Minneapolis in Minneapolis. Did he open it close Snoop with this song? He, he opened uh, no he opened for, for Snoop. So I saw Snoop live at the caboose in minneapolis and we were like six six rows deep from the state it was phenomenal it was i saw great. warren g at yoshi's in oakland it's a jazz club it was incredible i was i was sitting at, uh, yeah it was incredible it was awesome was he playing that tune with like a clarinet or what was he doing uh no he had a dj so he had they didn't DJ have live in the instruments back, yeah. yeah they didn't have live instruments he had a clavinet i will say warren one. g's album is to me the best g-funk album for people our age because it's easier it was the to G G-Funk era. It was yeah. a G-Funk Funked era with a gangster twist, but it is less difficult to listen to with your kids around than doggy style or the chronic, like the Warren G album, like you can kind of put it on and it's not quite so like doggy style and the chronic hits you with some stuff where you're like, I cannot play that in front of my children. But, oh. but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my Warren G's album is like a little more, you know, you can kind of get away with that in the house. I always thought he was saying it's the G Funk ERA. I thought he was talking about pitching. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, early money ball. He's talking about like Pedro Martinez or something. Yeah. Back in I the was day. like, oh, okay. Makes sense. All right. So the last song, we have to talk Tupac while we're doing West Coast high pitch synthesizer. This is Tupac, Only God Can Judge Me. You got to remember this one, right? Oh, listen to that high pitch synth. There, it's right there. Yeah. And that's the funk, right? Yeah. Yes. What if Russ said no? That's the funk. 
That's the funk, right? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Is this Matt, Ohio? Were you, Matt, were you, Goodbye. Matt, were you a West Coast rap guy or an East Coast rap guy when we were kids? I, I don't think... I was trying to think of this the other day. Like The people that I hung out with listened to a lot more rap than I did, but I think we were much more of like a the, the Atlanta scene, much more of the outcast. Um, but Tupac was I come definitely... from North Carolina, those guys. Take your shirt off. I'm no, born from Atlanta. Take yep. your shirt oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, <laughs> we were much more... I, it, there's much more Tupac played than anything from the... You know, it's like Rosie's got Nas and uh, Wu-Tang, and, you know, that was not heavily played in my... Uh, lexicon when I was growing up. Um, I t- came onto that stuff a little bit later. It was much more Tupac, Outkast, um, you know, some Goody Mob, some stuff like that. So I think a lot more the Atlanta stuff more than anything. I also liked Atlanta rap. I like the Dirty <laughs> South. <laughs> Is that my I've traversed now? the coast oh, myself. It. I was, uh, as a kid, I was definitely a chronic kid because I was watching MTV in 91, 92. Yeah, and uh, and then in my high school, I mean, same with Matt. My high school, Tupac was was where it's at. And then in college, Russell had that Russell had that Death Row's Greatest Hits CD that we just banged all the time. And then in my twenties, I got I got more into Biggie and Nas. And then uh, now I live on the West Coast, so I'm exploring more of the Bay Area rap scene too. Well, technically, I was on the West Coast of the Mississippi, right? So that made sense. Yeah, I don't know any Iowa rappers. That's a good question. <laughs> no, I didn't ask that. Shut up. All right. I do want to point out with Big Papa, by the way, when he says, I like it when you call me. That's him sampling himself from a different song. That is so awesome, sampling that's yourself. Great. I think that's such a great idea. You know what I mean? Rob's yeah, right. It's like it's when I steal previous boys online that dating lines that I've used before, and I just <laughs> use them again and use them again and use them again. Ladies don't always find it as attractive as people thought with Big Papa. Uh, I think mm-hmm. this song yep. sucks. Oh, sampling oh, yourself. Yeah, All right. right. These songs suck. Guess wait, long way to go to get there, but worth it. All yeah. right. Somehow our shortest episode has turned into our longest. All oh, right. We're good. We're good. So now we have he, respect. He wants PICs of F double E pictures, please. PICs of F double Dirty feet of your wife, please. All right. Here we go. This is respect. Don't make me do it. There is another Aretha Franklin connection to this song. Did anyone else want to say something about this song? All I got about this song is that it's uh, it's a sample of Casey and the Sunshine Band. That shows what kind of person I am. Fun tidbit. Diana King, who's the singer on this song, also recorded a cover of I Say a Little Prayer for You for the My Best Friend's Wedding soundtrack. That's all I got. I love that song, by the way. Say a Little Prayer for You is so good. It's great. It's crazy. Yeah, she's kind of, kind of like a dance hall uh, cover, Diana King, and she's the uh, vocalist on here. So it's Biggie going back to his mom's Jamaican roots, which is also cool. Here's that Casey and the Sunshine Band song. So they slowed it's it down. funky. Nice. Oh, yeah, this grooves. It's funky, and then you see these guys playing like in a video, and you're like, oh, this isn't as funky. Right. I mean, we could spend but hours just talking about the samples on here. But this makes sense because Kansas City is by Ohio, right? So that's why Casey and the Sunshine Band was funk. All right. So Casey, Kansas. Okay. <laughs> And Aaron wanted me to pull this part of the song again, so I don't know. Oh, I think this is her eating oh, no. a cookie with a flavor profile. <laughs> Damn it. Aaron likes Rob. the dirty sex just stuff. He said that. This, I did, this is the raps, the dirty Rob. sex raps. Yeah, he admitted it. Didn't say that. Number three. It was number three on his list, Rob. I remember. I saw he, that. He, he said it. Raps, a friend of mine. This one's problematic. 
The one thing I liked about this song is they reference um, Jerbeau jeans. Did yes. you guys have Jerbeau's like Tim Bowes and Jerbeau's. How about Jerbeau's? I, I was going to say, you guys were talking about me wearing jeans in like high school, middle school. It's very thoughtful that you don't realize I just wore sweatpants all the time because they were so much easier <laughs> to put on. I figured you as more of a Zubas guy. I had a wide assortment of sweatpants. I never wore jeans until like way late in high school. I think like jeans and then the sweater vest phase. That was a very closely timed thing when I started dating. I was like, I got to stop wearing sweatpants. I think I've only seen you wear jeans a few times. And I feel like you're the type of guy who wears jeans with like bedazzled back pockets. Is oh, that yeah. Right? Well, I'm ready to rumble at any time. I'm UFC all the way. <laughs> all right. Oh, I meant to say KFC. I'm sorry. All right. So guys, oh, it's unbelievable. Oh, I didn't they put in the EMF song. That would have been a funny here. Put it in. Drop it in. I will. You're unbelievable. Oh. Like, I love this song because it's the beginning of every NBA All-Star game. You're unbelievable. <laughs> Wait, what? You love the NBA <laughs> All-Star game that much? Rapper sleep, yeah, the, the NBA sleeping. All-Star game music. Big, like, pump, pump the jam. Unbelievable. All those songs were the best. couple things that I really love about Unbelievable. I love that it's the one uh, track on this album where Biggie hooks up with DJ Premier, who's one of the great producers of all time. I think they also did uh, 10 Crack Commandments together. Um, Preem Lace is just an incredible beat. And I think Biggie kind of dials down the complexity of the rhymes in this one, but still just delivers all day with some great rhymes. Uh, you guys probably know this, but the the uh, singer, the sample on It's Unbelievable is actually R. Kelly, which is kind of interesting. My other absolute favorite You're thing about this yeah, track. Yeah, I wouldn't say R. Kelly is interesting. Sick, That's sicko. not interesting at all. My other absolute sicko. favorite thing about this cancel. track is that the drums come from the Honey Drippers track, which is one of the great all-time great hip hop break hip hop break panty The track called what, doing, what did you call him? Impeach the President, which seems like a good idea to me. <laughs> he just keeps talking. <laughs> that Impeach the President song is a jam though, by the way. There's a it's great a YouTube jam. video of every sam- song that sampled Impeach the President. And one Peaches of them is by that Shaggy United song. Presidents of the United States of America. Love me, love Billy me, love me, sex machine. sex machine. Guys, what if Shaggy, the artist, was on Scooby-Doo? I think it would go something like this. Hey, not everybody. We got to get to the mystery machine. <laughs> okay, the podcast is over, I guess. All right, so. Next, if, if anyone next. didn't have suicidal th- thoughts, they might have an after listening to last song. 20 minutes. I think this is really interesting. So this is a pretty depressing song, obviously, with the title of Suicidal Thoughts. But it basically is a conversation that starts with P. Diddy picking up the phone. And, and Biggie is talking about how guilty he feels about all the terrible things he's done. And this is what I'm talking about. I mean, this is to close the album of, like, this ultimate downer of, like, yeah, I, I spent this whole album talking about robbing people and getting paper and stuff, but I feel terrible about it. I feel bad about stealing money from my mom's purse. We've talked about this before. Have you guys ever taken money from your mom's purse? Did you ever do that when you were younger? I did it once. No, not that me. I'm going to talk about. And that did. is that when yeah. I, up, up up north at my cabin, we had this general store that had these things that you could pet and they would move and they cost $2. Yeah. yeah. And we, I took like 40 did. bucks and I was like, I could buy 20 of these, Rob. not knowing that they would. <laughs> 40 bucks to Rob, buy. We, we, we already <laughs> talked about how you don't need to take $40 to play with your own thing that's going to move when you touch it. You can just do that for free. Okay. I got a challenge for you. What, what episode did we talk about that on? It's probably one of those terrible Bob Dylan ones. Oh, yeah. Actually, still our most downloaded episode is Road 61, by the way. It's wild to me. It's our worst one by a mile. All right. So let's get into everyone's favorite section. Oh, guess what? I do some hosting, too. Shut up. Be giving speeches about how bad I am. Yeah, actually, my the guy in my speech class did rip on your your 
rating system. Okay, well, you know what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to explain it. Actually, I explain it before everybody goes, and Russ always makes me edit that part out the second and third time I explain it. So this time I'm really (laughs) going to do a good job. You explain it numerous times, yes. Okay, well, guess what? Obviously, I have to explain it again if people don't understand it. It's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. The patented and very popular Beck Did It Better rating system. Oh, yeah. I should slow that drop down. I don't think it's long enough. It needs to be way longer. (laughs) All right, so today's rating system is, is this album rolling well-toned? It is 22 on the list. Is that the perfect place for it? It should be at 22 all time. Did this album get rolling boned? Okay, now this means that the album is too high of a number. It should be a lower number, okay? So it should be lower on the list unless you're going like we are. Okay, and it should have been sooner. So this is Rolling Boned. The album should have gotten more respect than it did. Or is this album a Rolling Grown? You did not enjoy listening to this album. You don't think it should be 22nd. It's not that influential. It's not that big of a deal. What do you think, Russ? Where do you rank this album? Um, when I was watching some documentaries about Biggie and listening to him, rappers always refer to him as kind of one of the greatest rappers of all time, whether it's his lyrical skills. kind of He has a very unique sound and a unique tone. And he's kind of got a quite big vocabulary, right? It's pretty impressive. And his rapping skills were very impressive to me. Admittedly, I like this album more than the Kendrick Lamar album that we listened to recently. However, I grew up as a bigger fan of kind of Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg over Biggie. I didn't grow up listening to Biggie all that much. So my 14-year-old self is I can't saying I can't rake it higher than the Chronic or Doggy Style or some of the ones that I grew up with. Um, but I do love all the, the references to pagers, your bows. And other things that bring me back to my my nineties my nineties years. So I'm going to say it's rolling well toned. Hey Matt, what do you think? I think it's uh, rolling well toned. That means it's right where it should be. Rob, is that right? That is, is that correct. Right? I hope so. Nice job. Everybody knows it. All right. And they're not giving speeches well about toned. it. Um, you know, I I I kind of forgot about this album for a long time, but then this list has brought it back, and I I think it's a wonderful album. I will continue to listen to this album. Um, from here on out, and I'm certainly glad that I got reintroduced to it. So I think it's rolling well-toned. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, this one's going to catch me in a tough spot because right now it's ranked ahead of uh, Enter the 36 Chambers by the Wu-Tang, but I'm going to skirt around that issue. Rob, 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 I'm rubbing off the sign. We have gone zero episodes. (laughs) But I'm going to skirt that issue and deal with Wu-Tang when we get to Wu-Tang. The thing I love that I thought about this album is that uh, it's one of these albums in the top 25 that I don't think is uh, exploring new territory sonically. It's not trying to make music in a different way than it was being made within that genre at the time. It is just an artist who is great at their craft, doing what they do best with a musical accompaniment that suits them perfectly. It actually, to me, the the best parallel of the albums we've heard so far is Aretha's I've Never Loved a Man the Way I Loved You, where... Mm we're not breaking new ground in terms of how we're recording. We're not doing anything different than has been done before. We're just going to take a great artist and let them do what they do in a great way. And Biggie is the best storyteller to me in, in hip hop. Russ, did you think that was a smart thing that Aaron just said? I thought that was really smart. (laughs) Jeez guys. He didn't talk about your bows or pagers, but it was pretty good. That was really good. Good analysis. These are embarrassing me. This is terrible. (laughs) I don't know how to deal with this. So I'm just going to say, I love this album. I will call it, Rolling well-toned. All right. I have to say, this is the first time I've ever listened to any Notorious B.I.G. whatsoever. I just got such a kick out of the album. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the part of that it was so funny <laughs> to be. Just the whole thing, like, just disgusting and funny. And just, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. But I am going to have to give it, 
a rolling throne. I think this shows he's the king of New York. He's the king of East Coast rap. Maybe those idiots in Wisconsin who listen to us, maybe they're East Coast because they're oh, east geez. of the Mississippi. And when they're not on Twitter complaining about their dumb hick teams getting screwed by the refs, maybe they, they were listening to the East Coast. It'd be interesting. Email in. So email in with your uh, flavor profiles. Tell us your flavor profiles. And tell us if you dummies in Wisconsin listen to East Coast rap. Uh, now, I, I do say I am going to give it a rolling throne because I think he obviously is the king. But I, Aaron did want me to say that he, it was a rolling bone and then do this. And I was like, Aaron, Russ is going to get really mad if we keep playing Bro, this over and over. So thanks a lot, Aaron. It just means, it just means we can't tell anyone about the episode. Yeah. So you make your choices. You cookie and creams. And, okay, never mind. Next up. I do like that they're listening to Jodeci on that on that track. That's the, they're listening to my it's too late. It's too what? late. Oh, <laughs> that was Aaron. <laughs> just skip the final song and end on that. Oh, Next up, album twenty-three. We've got the Velvet Underground and Nico with wow, the creatively titled such... album wow. The Velvet Underground. Talk about a little bit of whiplash here. We're going back and forth. <laughs> yes. That's been it for us here at Beck. Did it better. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time But you're just too lazy to look it up online If you want to hear four guys who chat and then they get off track I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack Jack Beck did it better Did it better Guys, I'm really proud of us. I thought for sure cake farts was going to be the running joke, but it wasn't. <laughs> do you think, you, do you, think you know how, Rosie, do you make your cakes with like applesauce? Do you take the flour out and are you, are you, do you no, go that deep? No, not at all. I'm not, I'm not gluten-free. Nobody in the house is gluten-free. I mean, we, we eat sugar and all that stuff. Like we're not that weird. You know, you can make cakes like you can make it without flour. I'm just wondering how the farts would sound in an applesauce oh, cake. <laughs> I knew oh I, I didn't stop recording. I knew there was a reason. Oh, no. Matt was just saying, I don't want people to listen to this. Hey, hey John, John, from my pubic speaking class, this is just for you. Thank you for listening, oh. dude. If you made it this far, you've earned it. <laughs>